hauls it in. Heads up field. And Falk with the tackle. And so they'll begin at the 46. Looks like the defense is expecting a run. Pennington looking to air it out. Makes a diving grab. Game of nine. That was just a nice read and a good throw by the quarterback. Pennington operates from the shotgun. That's the ticket time. He's moving to his left. All right, so I'm bringing us in here. And we lower that for a second. So, uh, good evening, everybody. This is Francisco from Sports Goose, along with my buddies Andrew and Charles, for our 63rd episode. We've uh, defying all odds. We've we're we're, we're plowing through here with no sports happening at the moment. Well, s some sports are trying to happen, and some sports are happening in other parts of the world, and. And some sports are talking about doing something, maybe. I don't know. But what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Just, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's, that, that was basically the sentiment when when uh, Charles and I first started talking. This has been like, and just, yeah, type of day. Mm -hmm. Not a hell yeah day, but a just, yeah day. Oh, yeah. What's up, Freddie? Yeah, I uh, got uh, NFL Blitz Pro in the background. I think Terrell Owens was on the cover of this one. That's how far back this. And that's when Terrell Owens on the 49ers. So that's how far back this one goes. Freddie has uh, something special for us today. Really? All right. Yes, he does. That's That sounds good already. My computer is already not handling this stream very well. But this is, I, I, I'm proud to announce, this is going to be our final broadcast using this old laptop of mine. Uh, this Friday, my gaming PC is scheduled to come in. So uh, uh, the old tugboat or whatever I'll, I call this laptop now is it's gonna the, it's the last few days here for at least for streaming our shows. It's it'll still be like a work computer for me because at the very least it runs Microsoft Word pretty okay. And nothing else. So, uh, say your last words to it, if you want. Rest in peace, old friend. <laughs> all right. Uh, Thanks so, for all the disconnections. Yeah, the disconnections, the, the, the 10 frames per second. That, that's always been fun. And, 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 yeah, I think it's probably going 10 frames per second right now. So, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, the only way it can go out. All right. So, what's, what's you, what y'all been doing the last week? How's it been? <laughs> it's getting it, it's getting harder to it's answer running. this question now. How's your week been? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not too crazy. I mean, like the constant has stayed of work, workout, games, read a book, read a comic. I'm not necessarily bored. I know people who are still bored. You know, I, I had to shave the facial hair because I had to do a video for certain things for the job. So I was very sad because I had the whole revolutionist look coming out. So we're going to try that part two now that that video is done. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm either going to look like a drug addict, a drug dealer, or a person who, you know, <laughs> is a cultivator of drugs. We'll find out. All right. Um, Besides that, nothing, nothing too crazy uh, going on. Like I think with everybody else, you know, my part of Florida 
has gotten a, you guys can't see it, but you know the air quotes are coming, the finger quotes of a temporary light ban lifted from mm-hmm. the stay-at-home order, um, which is just going to mean there's going to be so many people populating areas and we're all going to be back here for another five weeks. <laughs> Um, because God knows, you know, for those who are listening, trying to do logistics, I live in Martin County. Mm -hmm. That's about 40 minutes from Palm Beach County, hour and change from Broward, about hour and a half, two hours from Miami. Those other three counties were all very closely connected. And those other three counties are basically saying, Hey, you guys don't get the exception. You get nothing. It's like Willy Wonka going to Charlie. Well, guess what? We're (laughs) Charlie over here is about to get us banned from fun time because my <laughs> brethren are probably taking this as an exemption to go to the mall to buy stuff at the mall. Where the hell goes to a mall to nowadays? Room. Come on now. I I actually, and maybe this will open up the floodgates as Andrew kind of takes over. I like kind of going to the mall during a regular work week to get out of the house to just look at stuff that I know I want to buy, but I'm not going to buy because I feel like an adult when I don't spend my money at, you know, the Gap or GameStop or <laughs> FYE or just buying Chinese food food court. Andrew, how are you surviving? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do agree. Uh, I enjoy going to the mall just on a regular occasion just to, you know, get out of the house, especially up in Orlando. There's the uh, Mall at Millennia, which yeah. is the, the really fancy mall. So I go there and I feel like a millionaire for a short period of time walking around you have the you know louis vuitton uh rolex like everything that you can possibly think that a rich person would buy is there Hmm. so you know i go there and like oh i feel so fancy um but in reality it's just my poor self walking around as an imposter well uh, I'm not into malls anymore. It's it's been played out. I watched too many city management videos to want malls. It was it's it's a it's a bygone era of suburbs and stuff like that. I, I don't mind like an outdoor type of mall, I guess, you know, like Lincoln Road here, or, or I guess the Palm Beach outlets that they made on the on the ruins of the Palm Beach Mall way back when on West Palm Beach, but. Uh, just not my thing anymore, you know? Heck, uh, I, I am a slave to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. I, I welcome our, our robot overlords. Uh, and and so that's what I, I've been doing. But guess what, guys? It's, it's Cinco de Mayo. Cinco Yay. de Mayo. So, did anybody eat anything Mexican? Yes, I did. Well, actually, what yeah. did you have? I So there's a place called, uh, I think it was like Gilmeca cantina mexican grill like right down here in hialeah and i've ordered from them countless times before and i'm like i'm gonna get myself a big fat burrito and some quesadillas and some nacho chips and uh that's it that's what i got big fat gigantic burrito with a bunch of chicken rice and beans uh some nice uh, mango peach salsa that that was always uh that's a nice treat the the quesadillas i've saved in the back I'm already full from that lone burrito anyway, so it might be a late night snack or I might just wait for tomorrow and also the chips too. Chips are, are also saved here. But that's my my tribute to the Mexicans today. Uh, how about you guys? Andrew? Um, well, unintentionally, I wasn't even thinking about it. We got this the other day, but I had some guacamole. 
Ooh. Fuck em. All right. right. Uh, there's this thing that uh, that we get every now and then. It's called Amy Lou uh, Chicken Burgers, Chicken and Kale Burgers, uh, which are actually quite good. Um, they may not sound appetizing, but they are quite delicious. Um, and they go really well uh, either dipped in or covered with guacamole. So we got a pack of that like a week or so ago when we got the burgers and I wasn't even thinking it was like well you just brought it up it was like oh I did have guacamole today so that's the extent of my Cinco de Mayo celebration Senor Charles I I tried <laughs> so I I went down the list because I had a burrito from the taco truck on Saturday and just to get more Cinco de Mayo for Charles and getting a burrito from a taco truck as opposed to a fake establishment that says it's Mexican authentic and it's just not authentic Mexican, right? Mm. So I we only had such limited time before the show and I was actually hungry before the show because normally I eat after, but I was like starving today. And I was like, all right, let's go get some Taco Bell at least. The, the biggest FU to Mexican cuisine would have to be Taco Bell. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was ready for it. And then apparently I'm not the only one who celebrates the idea, the gringo way of Mexican food, Taco Bell, or a synonymous because the line was so out there that I would still be waiting, which I was just shocked, but I'd still be waiting. So I went and I got Wendy's. So it's, I looked at it <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> – Okay. I was like, well, you know, because Tijuana Flats wasn't open, I didn't feel like going back to my taco truck because I, I today, guys, I'm running like a, a bum shirt, you know, a bum shirt, bum clothing. I got like a Nintendo shirt that says classically trained on and I have basketball mm. shorts on. I, I am not fit for human interaction today outside of my vehicle. So Wendy's was it is. And so it's there for you in the breakfast time. Did you, did you at least you on a holiday? Did, did you at least get the chicken avocado BLT? <laughs> Just, no, I went with the bacon or, or, or the chili yeah. or at least the, or the chili, you know? No, I, I went with the bacon. Listen, <laughs> you know, celebrating a holiday versus what you want it versus what you want to eat. If they're not diametrically the same, then you pass on it and I'll just have Taco Bell tomorrow, you know, but it, it was just one of those judgment calls. I mean, I don't have tequila here or anything like that. If, if anything, I'll just uh, I'll just play some you know flamingo Spanish guitar mm -hmm. after, and it, it'll be a wrap, right? It'll right. Be a wrap. Play there some guacamole and, and and have it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how I that's how I attribute my thing to the Mexican holiday or any kind of holiday that we have. If it's Boxing Day in Canada, uh, I'll just probably have like some maple syrup. Sorry, you know, there you go. All right. Oh, uh, boy. So I guess we should talk about actual sports at some point. So uh, there's there's some say that till I introduce the secret segment later on. <laughs> there's a uh, um, well, did you guys read the goons that I sent you? Uh, yes. I haven't had a chance yet. Oh, I, I want to start with that because I, I would like to Gottlieb's goons. Charles, did you get a chance to read what I sent you? There was a lot of um, a lot of many goons in there, and I'm kind of conflicted. But yes, I did. All right. So uh, Andrew, it, it, my goons for for today are uh, Brett Favre. Initially, it was Brett Favre, and then I saw that there was a, a wrestling tie to this, which I I did not know. I, I'm sure Charles can can enlighten me on. Yes. Uh, um. So basically, 
Ted DiBiase and, you know, the, the million dollar man and his family, long story short, they had like a organization fund called the Heart of David. They got an ass amount of money. That's the only way I can like <laughs> phrase it because the phrase to quote, Cisco dumps like a truck, truck, truck. That's the amount of money they were receiving <laughs> as yeah. a religious organization because, it, and I'm just quoting it uh, in regards to, now, mind you, Teddy Biasi is known as the million dollar man. And I knew that there was some shady stuff going on for a while, but now that we included uh, Brett Favre in the mix, it just got even better. Um, so we can kind of <laughs> tag team this because I, I can give you a better reason why Brett Favre's a goon than just uh, there, there, money that he right. didn't know he needed. There, there's certain things he did when he was with, what, the New York Jets that are... Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, especially in your yeah, line of work. Yeah. yeah. He, he did a very boys will be boys thing of mm-hmm. just sending his a picture of his penis to, I don't know if it was an intern or someone who actually worked <laughs> as a full-time employee in the organization, but I, I can only imagine like the, I, now, I, I guess we're going to go off this ramp here, but I'm going to keep it as PG as possible. Do you think that, you know, a football based quarterback has their own phrase of, of like sexting is like, do you want to see where the other <laughs> ring is? <laughs> I, oh. I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm uh, it's terrifying. Oh my but God. Long story short money <laughs> from Ted DiBiase's heart of David organization which where they were basically embezzling or fraudulently receiving cash was paying out to one senior Brett Favre and he was getting what 1.1 million dollars so yeah, you thought those says. copper those copper sleeves were a rip off i try them they're a rip off well apparently this organization's also <laughs> called a rip off and it's head rip off guy Brett Favre going right. on there so Ted DiBiase got about almost 2 million dollars here towards his organization um and yeah, and neither neither of them are facing any criminal charges as of now. And remember, this is all alleged for now. And of course, this is in the state of Mississippi. So uh, Mississippi has little money as it is. And they're just throwing at Brett Favre and Ted DiBiase for some reason. So that's that's going to go great. That'll help your your 50th ranked education system there. All right, Mississippi. Good on you guys. Good on you guys. All righty. Yeah. Is that a secondary goon? Can we include the great state of Mississippi? Uh, or would, uh, would that be like uh, too I much for the one Mississippi fan we have? I think yeah, they've I think suffered enough with uh, with their sports, but sure. <laughs> it I, I doesn't matter for me. Um, and they've suffered you know, enough you know, in, in many other know. aspects of of life that uh, it's, it is what it is for them. It's, uh, all right. Well. Those are my goons. The, that's what's happened. It just something that popped up uh, literally today on uh, it was posted here May fifth here on SP Nation at three o'clock or close to three thirty. So I'm like, ah, oh, well, that's fantastic and fun. And hey, a wrestling angle to it as well. It's it hit it ticks all of the of the boxes there. That's great. Well, the reason why it fits very well is because Ted DiBiase's whole thing was being the million dollar man. <laughs> So it's it's and his whole thing was like his his theme song, his entrance music would be like money 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 money. He's like got a whole lot of it just in the background, mm-hmm. and his whole line was like everybody's got a price, and he was so like he was just Apparently so he does. that he created the million dollar title. So I'm like, you talk about art imitating life. I'm like, man, <laughs> little did I know. Ooh, oh, beautiful. Sometimes things have a way of working themselves out. Alrighty. Well, 
I guess I'll I'll open with uh, let's haul y'all. We'll get into our smallest segments here. One that one because I, I find it kind of funny, especially the whole million dollar man angle, the the irony behind that. So that's great. And so I'm doing uh, let's haul y'all. And then the reason I'm doing this is because uh, Don Shula, the great coach of the Miami Dolphins, has passed away at 90 years old. Uh, there's there's not. Uh, there, there's so much you could say about him. Uh, he ran a fantastic restaurant chain after he retired, which he initially wasn't even into, and he, uh, known as one of the tough-nosed, old-school coaches in the past, but somehow was able to evolve along the way and, and keep himself relevant and keep the Dolphins relevant for so long, even though they only won two Super Bowl titles. But, hey, perfect season, 1972. Most wins ever in NFL history. In fact, there was a, I have here, and it was a stat line I heard on the radio uh, yesterday when he passed. It was um, that he, that Brian Flores, the current coach of the Dolphins, who only has five victories in his head coaching career, Brian Flores could go 16-0 and for the next 20 years and still wouldn't tie Don Shula's career uh, wins record. That's how many wins that he had. That's that's. I mean, he initially started with the Baltimore Colts. Uh, they they were uh, successful there, and then he moved on to Miami, and then of course uh, became legendary. And yeah, that's 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 been Don Shula, man. It's he's been a staple here. There's an expressway named after him down here in Miami. The one of the streets uh, adjacent to uh, Hard Rock Stadium is named after him. Uh, there's uh he's a staple here he's got the restaurants he's and he's, don't forget yes and don't forget the fiu fau rivalries named after him. that's true as well that's right they call it the the shula bowl so it is yeah and i here's the reason why mm-hmm. the and the first head coaches for fiu and fau both uh, worked with Shula. Uh, FAU's first head coach was Howard Schnellenberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an assistant coach for Shula uh, for I think like four or five years, um, and I think at least one of them was on a Super Bowl season. Um, and then FIU's first head coach was Don Strock, who was a quarterback. Who was the? I'm pretty sure was the prior quarterback to Marino. And played, I think, for like twenty something seasons mm-hmm. for the Dolphins. So, so, yeah. There, <laughs> there's a. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard for I guess us to kind of know how big he was, but I'm sure a lot of older fans would know how big he was because he was everywhere. I mean, uh, remember the Dolphins were the only relevant team in town. For almost two decades, really. I mean, the the Miami Hurricanes football team wasn't relevant until the '80s. There was no. It was so bad yeah. to the point I I found out it was so bad um, that they had to give away tickets. Yeah, in the Orange Bowl. It was that bad. Yeah, the 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 Hurricanes were were relevant until Howard Schnellenberger went there and turned the program around in the '80s, and then. Then um, there was no Miami Heat. There was no. There was no Miami. 
Marlins. There's no Florida Panthers. It was just football down here, and it was professional football, and the Dolphins were good. They were uh, as much as – I mean, the Patriots have terrorized the NFL and especially the, the AFC East for the last 20 years. The Dolphins used to be that, except with less Super Bowl victories. But they got the two, and including the perfect season. So that's kind of uh, – that's all he needed, really. And, and that's how uh, – the NFL and used read, to be run. And I read somewhere that he he coached for 33 seasons, 33 seasons, which in of itself is a, is an incredible achievement. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, uh, he's honored at uh, his, the John Carroll University. They named their stadium after him. And I found out why. Um, I made a post about uh, – Shula yesterday on RCFE mm-hmm. uh, because that's a big uh, that's a big death and I was trying to find a college football angle to it um, and the two angles were one he played halfback and cornerback at John Carroll the Blue Streaks uh, for four years uh, then he was an assistant coach at was it, it was Virginia Iowa State and Kentucky. And then he went on to the NFL, and then of course the Shula Bowl. Yeah, and let's see, his son Mike is currently a quarterbacks coach for the Denver Broncos, as well. And uh, let's see, and they're flying the Hall of Fame flag in Canton, Ohio, a half-staff in his memory. I'm sure the Dolphins have all of their flags at half-staff at this moment. So, and yeah, all the teams down here honored him. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, this is huge. This is, uh, I'm sure the next one down here in South Florida would be like if you know, Pat Riley passed or something. That's how big it is for, for it'd probably be yeah. Pat. Yeah. And, you know, actually, um, now that I think about it, when I, I a few months ago, I mean, you guys know about it, but the viewers don't. Um, I went for a, I went on a tour of Hard Rock Stadium uh, because I guess they got my information because I went to a U2 concert there, or I was at the Orange Bowl. I have no clue how they got my info, um, but it was one of those. Hey, we're gonna show you, uh, you know, show you a good time, show you all the luxury places, and now we're give us some money uh, for a season ticket, which it's five hundred dollars for the cheapest season ticket, which is a a big hell no for me. Um, you know, UCF is half, half the price and infinitely better as a team, and I have much more tied to them. But I digress. Um, I went through the kind of luxury entrance which is on the west side mm-hmm. and um they had that statue of uh shula being carried by two players uh out in front so that was pretty cool to see um so i don't obviously have any sort of tie majorly to shula but you know you can't deny that the guy was a beast yeah iconic um and it was nice hearing all the stories about him on the sports radio, and I'm sure it's happening today. I'm sure it's going to happen for the whole week. And I'm pretty unsure every single one of the media outlets here had their uh, packages for Don Shula ready. 
at this mm-hmm. point when you're 90 years old and you're a legend. I'm sure everybody has those packages ready, but uh, it's it's nice hearing about it, uh, especially from us who never really saw him coach. All right, so I got a fun story for you guys. Ooh, neat. Okay. About Don Shula. You know, for though I'm sure you guys know the concept of six degrees of separation, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then transit property and what have you. For me, you know, I'm not a Dolphins fan, but I, I will tell you the story of how an interaction with a certain person led to me, you know, grabbing or holding in my hand Super Bowl rings from the Shula era. Ooh. So about a long time ago, I used to work at a supplement store. And in that supplement store would come, you know, certain people, and one of them was Pat Pepler. So Pat Plep- Pepler was the assistant scout or part of the scouting department for Shula's um, Dolphins during that time period. Also, he was on Green Bay Packers when um, uh, Lombardi was there too. So he comes in, and, you know, old people love you, but you like the flaunt stuff, right? I have never seen a, a man flex <laughs> so hard in my life and go say, want to see something cool? He just tosses to me, not disrespectfully, but he just tosses like a roll of the dice, the, uh, the Super Bowl rings that um, were the perfect season. And then the one wow. that followed afterwards. Wow. I, I actually, what I'll do is I'll send it to you guys in the group chat. I thought I had told you guys, but I never did because I'm a bad friend. But so that's like my interaction. And at that stage, what, this is about, God, I'm old, about six years ago. So that's when I actually probably cared most about football. I mean, I care about now, but that's when I was also doing the fantasy football. So everything was like football lifestyle for Charles. But um, it, it was definitely something that, you know, it, it, there's a reverence to it. And then with Shula, mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing I loved about him is in that perfect season where, I, what's his name, Mercury Morris never shuts up about it. It was yeah. like, pop the champagne. Yeah. Shula was the one that was humble, you know, and that, that goes to show something that he stayed humble um, because there's some coaches or personalities that, you know, undefeated in a season, especially during the time the Patriots were trying to um, break that record, what, nine years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it? Oh, 2007 so it's not even that it's 13 years ago yeah so that was like my connection of it and it was very interesting because it, it's amazing who you meet and if this guy came around more often at the job he's dead now but if he you know came around more you know, i would have picked his brain more because you're talking about that that brain trust uh you know even his history actually was a coach for the falcons in 1976 but this is a guy who got to work with shula who got to work with lombardi um was there for those super bowls you know new greasy all that other stuff so it was a very interesting time so that's how i'm kind of connected to uh don shula despite not being a dolphins fan never going to his restaurant at all because i didn't want to drive all the way out there and try their their cheeseburger that they had that was supposedly good yeah oh, i haven't and, uh, i haven't tried I will it now either, look for that. yeah i haven't tried it either but yeah it's uh oh, that's pretty you, look it, Okay, if you won a championship ring, would you flaunt it? I'm sure I, I probably. Oh, would. I flaunt that. I flaunt the hell out of it. But I never, <laughs> I've never thought an old man would flex on a young. Just toss Charles. it to you. It, it basically told me I'm never going to amount to anything in my life. And the thing is, once you realize what it was, and he would just do it so um, laissez-faire within the wind, you're like, "What are you doing?" You know, you get a little bit crazier. But it was definitely a mm. wild experience, um, and it, it, they're huge, man. I'm telling you right now, like there's a difference between what you see on television when they release the uh, rings, and also the, like this is yeah. the real legitimate stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
it, it, it was heavy. It was big. It's not, not as gaudy as the Patriots one was last year yeah. or the Eagles. Um, I don't even know. Like, they haven't released what Kansas City is one. But I'm very interested because if they go, like, red and yellow diamonds on that, that would be kind of sexy, um, I would venture. Even though I, I got to tell you guys, this is weird not to sidebar, but we'll keep it to uh, football and teams who I haven't had for a long time. Are the Kansas City Chiefs like the most uninteresting team to win a Super Bowl? Because I'm not talking uh, about them. No one's talking uh, about them. Well, I, I um, think uh, they they have the unfortunate circumstance of all the the pandemic happening to them. So right, it's kind of been on a back burner, really. Um, like they, you, nobody can go out and like flex. Just you can't just toss your Super Bowl ring off to somebody else right now because they'll probably have to disinfect it and all that stuff, you know? I'm sure Andy Reid is at the local Waffle House, but needless (laughs) to say. That man can eat as many waffles as he can. He's a beautiful man, and we must protect him. All right. I feel like Waffle House needs to be a sponsor. Well, I'm going to look for – oh, I found the – I'm going to send it to you guys and the chat and then francisco if you have a way of attaching it to i i'll um, well we'll see if this computer can even handle that but sure (laughs) if not well it'll be for uh next week when i'll have a computer that should be able to handle it all right Uh, so yeah that's uh uh, sorry sorry andrew go ahead uh or i want to i guess like i guess take over or make an executive decision on what our next topic will be sure go ahead um, you know, I want to make sh- I want to make sure Freddie, you know, doesn't like spend hours here waiting for us. So I'd like to move on to uh, what he's got going, which is um, let's see, he's did a manual simulation of the 2020 CF uh, college football season. Um, okay, uh, yeah, see, I've spent the last few days going manual sims for college football, NFL. Canadian football and the now dead XFL, or, uh, mm-hmm. and at least on the, at least in the, um, at least in the college football one, there's a lot of surprises, uh, and I just sent it over to the group chat if you want to pull that up, I'll, if you can pull that up. No, that's that's the that's the thing. We'll see. Well, my computer's running at uh, the quality of a potato right now, so I'll try. I gotcha. Uh, well, uh, in the meantime, uh, Andrew, did you read the other article I sent about the dolphins at least? Yes, I did. All right. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, so the Miami dolphins, uh, specifically, I want to say it was their GM who came out with the information or their team president might be, might be some guy in the administration. Yeah. Um, announced a a way that they could potentially have fans their games mm-hmm. uh the release uh the nfl is releasing this the 2020 schedule uh on thursday mm-hmm. uh one of the big announcements is there will be no international games so the four games that were scheduled in england are canceled or at least they're going to be relocated back to the united states um, and then the one game that was set for Mexico is again going to be brought back to the United States. Um, the Dolphins uh, came up with a plan that would allow them to have fans at games. Um, 
kind of a three-part sort of plan. Mm -hmm. The first is, uh, well, actually, it's much more complex than that, but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, the first major one is they're going to really spread out the gates that everyone goes to. Um, and then at the gates, they're going to mark out six-foot spaces, and then also they're going to close every other... Uh, I say gates, but um, the doors, basically. Uh, so you know how, you know, there are like five medical metal metal detectors right next to each other, which are covered by a door um, or what have you. So they're not going to be doing that. They're going to be, you know, one here, then one is closed. One here, one is closed. They're going to be every other door uh, is going to be open. And so what that's going to do is going to ensure that people remain six feet apart from each other. Um, next, what they're going to do is they're going to have designated times you arrive to enter the gate. So not everyone gets there at the same time, which causes a bottleneck and thus people staying cl uh, standing close to each other. They're going to kind of have a rotating, you know, uh, you know, the, you'll get a notification. All right, your turn. I guess it's almost like a fast pass. I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess so. So they're going to do that. It's like, yeah, you have to like get a reservation in a sense to go to the football game. Right. Also, they're going to essentially cut their capacity in by three quarters. Uh, capacity of Hard Rock Stadium is 65,000. They're going to let around 15,000 in. So yeah. that is going to significantly, and I'm, I assume that they're not going to have everyone maintain their same seats. They, well, I guess you'll, you'll have your seats. They said they would let people enter row by row. So like, all right, row, whatever, uh, seats, whatever through whatever you guys are going in now, you know, get it, right. go, 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 go. <laughs> I guess if you're well, like I mean, a, I, I guess. I mean Oops, sorry, go sorry. Ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I guess if you're in a group with, you know, your family and friends, I'm sure they're going to limit the group as well. Like, all right, only like four to six people to a group, I guess. I'm not, I'm not even sure how that's going to work either, but yeah. I mean, I imagine, you know, like, let's say, you know, you've had X seat for all these years and, you know, a random person or someone you don't know. Uh, happens to have the seat next to you, and sure, you like strike up a conversation. You've known each other for ten years by sitting next to each other. I imagine they're gonna start spacing out seats a bit. Yeah, I would assume season ticket holders would get first dibs because right, if it's fifteen k, I don't know how many season ticket holders the Dolphins have. I'm I would assume they'd have fifteen or more thousand, uh, especially because some people have had their tickets since. You know their their grandparents had it back in 1966 or something, so it's it's uh, well I'm, I'm sure they're they're trying to figure out the logistics. Maybe maybe you won't be able to go to all eight home games. You'll just have to go to uh, games I, one, like every other game or something like that. So four home games instead of eight. Yeah, I I imagine that's what they'll have to do as well. Um, so a lot of a lot of the, the the commoners will not be able to enter the stadium. I would assume, you know. Right. Um, 
not to mention that I'm well I don't know I'm sure they're figuring something out otherwise they wouldn't have gone on Good Morning America or CBS this morning whatever he went on uh, to make an announcement like that but it is interesting oh and the other thing that they did which I found uh, fascinating is they're going to eliminate concession lines. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is they're going to order from your seat on, I guess, your phone or whatever. You'll again get a notification saying, you know, your food's ready. Um, and then you just kind of almost like a drive-thru. You just pick it up and head back to your seat. Yeah. So the dolphins are doing it's... whatever they can to minimize... Uh, groups and this is uh it's surprising that many teams haven't done this i'm sure some have uh, i think the mariners have because they have a fairly advanced stadium out there in um t-mobile park uh, i think you could order food on your nintendo ds way back in the day too so that's back when nintendo used to fully own them but uh a lot of people were surprised that this hasn't been a thing yet in across all of sports. Um, basically, taking the pub sub model where you can just order it online on your app, and then you know, hey, it's, it'll be done in thirty minutes, and okay, fine. And then you see, you get a notification, boom, hey, your food's ready. Go pick it up in you know box whatever, and you just slide it out of the little heated box that they have there, and and take it with you. So, and it's pretty. In, um, maybe it'll be something that will. Um, a lot of teams will be doing going forward mm-hmm. yeah, and anything to avoid. I, and I guess that, you know, that would really help too for people to actually stay in their seats and watch the game. Cause then yeah. you would only have to get up to get whatever you need to get. And, and that's it. I mean, unless you just want to walk around and stuff, which you can do as well. But, uh, you know, some people have issues with people not even going to watch the game or, uh, just empty seats sitting there and doing nothing. Watch the video about right. New Yankee Stadium and how a lot of uh, hardcore Yankees fans hate New Yankee Stadium because a lot of the high roller seats are always empty and it's a different atmosphere than so, old Yankee Stadium was. But that's a whole other side. I got a question on this. Mm. It's more of a common sense kind of thing. What are we doing about bathrooms and trying to prevent mm-hmm. that limitation? Because, listen... I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that want to be directed on how to use the restroom, right? Even and if they were, a lot of people don't even listen. You know. Yeah. Well, I imagine what they might do, if I had to make a guess, is they're going to say, okay, people in sections <laughs> A, 101, 102, 103, you will have this bathroom. Okay. Or this set of bathrooms. I was, I, I was about to say, I, I, I thought you were going to go with, okay, people in this section, you have to go to the bathroom at this time. If you don't have to go <laughs> at this time, <laughs> no, no. then too bad, so sad. You're holding it for the rest of the game. Um, no, I'm not that stupid. Um, so that's one. Uh, well, yeah, that's actually my main idea. So... Yeah, we'll see. All right, so now we've got Freddy's uh, simulation in the background. So, Andrew, if you can help explain what the heck is happening here. Sure. 
Well, Freddie did a a simulation of the 2020 college football season and came out with the bowl pairings. I don't know if he went so far as to predict who won the games uh, and by extension who would get into and win the national championship game. Um, but it's... It's interesting some of the pairings. I'll go through some of the notables, at least for us. Um, UCF would be playing in the Military Bowl against North Carolina State. Uh, I want to say the Military Bowl is in Annapolis, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, let me look that up right now. Dear Lord, he said he predicted over 1,500 games on his own. Wow. Wow. Mm. That is yep, I was dedication. Properly. <laughs> uh, and I was right. Uh, it's held at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, which is in Maryland, which unsurprisingly is the home of the Navy Midshipmen. Uh, let's see who else. Pinstripe Bowl, which is held at Yankee Stadium, is going to be Duke and Rutgers. Um, Camping World Stadium, uh, Camping World Bowl, which is in Orlando, is going to be Syracuse, Oklahoma State. Uh, let's get to the the near six. This one surprised the hell out of me. Um, so the Cotton Bowl, which is held at AT&T Stadium down in Arlington, Texas, is going to be Oklahoma and Nevada. was not expecting Nevada to be the top group of 16. Um, I mean, I can kind of see it, but I still don't know how on earth the simulation came up with that. Um, Fiesta is going to be Alabama and Cal, uh, which means that Alabama is not in the top four. Mm -hmm. uh, Peach Bowl, uh, Fiesta Bowl was held out in uh, Glendale, Arizona. At, uh, what's it called now? Uh, State Farm Stadium. Yeah. Uh, Peach Bowl, which is over at Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, in Atlanta, not to be confused with Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, that's going to be Ohio State and Georgia. Uh, Orange Bowl, which is down here in lovely Miami Gardens at, at Hard Rock Stadium, is going to be North Carolina and Wisconsin. That'll be interesting because UCF plays North Carolina. Wait. Yeah, we play North Carolina this season. So, you know, if they were good enough to make it to the Orange Bowl, if we somehow beat them, that would be a huge resume boost. Um, let's see, Sun Bowl in your beloved El Paso is going to be Pitt and Washington. Mm -hmm. um, Citrus Bowl again, Orlando is going to be Indiana, Texas. Maybe maybe Pitt will try and recreate their worst bowl game ever. <laughs> um, the two, um, the two new bowl games this season. There are two. Uh, forget if they're new or if they've been relocated. Uh, you have the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which is out in South Carolina. That's going to be Western Kentucky and Coastal Carolina. Uh, then you have the Los Angeles Bowl, which is going to be held at the new SoFi Stadium. Again, I'm assuming I, all of my comments here are assuming the season gets played. Hmm. Uh, but God knows if that's going to happen. Uh, Los Angeles Bowl is going to be Boise State and Utah. Um, 
FSU is going to play against Mississippi State in the Birmingham Bowl. Ooh. Uh, uh, that'll be interesting for that'll my be family because, rivalry. yeah, my sister went to Florida State and my brother-in-law, her husband, uh, went to Mississippi State. And we almost had that matchup, I think, for, I don't know if it was the Gator Bowl or the Orange Bowl a few years back. It almost happened, but it didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and then... My hometown, original hometown, Tulsa, is going to be placing, uh, playing Rice in the Armed Forces Bowl. I forget where that is off the top of my head. And now for the, uh, the college football playoff semifinal games, you're going to have Texas and Clemson in the Rose Bowl. Um, so I'm assuming that's the 2-3 uh, the matchup. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I'm not sure if Freddie mm. is talking to us. I, I have my... Oh, here yeah. we go. Um, oh, forgot Fenway. That's right. There is the Fenway Bowl. Um, naturally, that's played at Yankee Stadium as well. I Wait. get uh, Fenway Bowl <laughs> is going to be Boston College and Temple. So you're going to have... hometown. You're going to have a hometown team. Mm-hmm. Um, hometown-ish. They're actually, believe it or not, is not a power five school that is actually in or group of five school now that i think about it that's actually in boston proper um i think it's chestnut hills where boston college is they're all suburbs but i'm nitpicking Hmm. and the temple is in philadelphia so that's a pretty close so i i could realistically see that being close to a 50 50 uh crowd there um that makes oh, I think, hmm. yeah. Let's see what else. Um, I mean, they held the winter classic between Boston and Philadelphia at Fenway Park, so kind of a reenactment. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Okay, so Freddie, um, I had my my Twitch chat down for a sec. So Florida goes in as the only undefeated team. Yeah, so Boo. that makes sense. So Florida, um, they would be playing in the Sugar Bowl. How it works? Uh, just really quick. So you have the six. Uh, New Year's Six Bowl games. Um, and the two semifinals rotate in, in pairs every th- three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last year was... Uh, I forget what last year was. Well... Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so one of the pairings is the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Um, the higher... The number one team plays in the closer of the two bowl, uh, two semifinal bowls. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Florida is closest to uh, New Orleans, so they get the Sugar Bowl. Um, and then the and they play naturally against the four team, and then the other bowl goes to the two and three teams. Uh, so Texas Clemson in the Rose Bowl, Florida USC in the Sugar Bowl, uh, Florida goes in as the only undefeated team, so they go 14-0, and 0, uh, but they lose to Clemson in the title game. Um, Good. So that'll be interesting. Good. Uh, Cle- so Clemson goes in 13-1, and 1, which I so that would mean they had one regular season loss, uh, won the conference championship game. Florida went 14-0, and 0, so at the end of the day, they'll both be 14-1. and 1. Freddie said, I picked the results of over 1,500 games on my own. Uh, OSU wins the Big Ten, 
but has the worst loss for any P5 champion, uh, champion which is at Illinois. Yikes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting if it if it comes down to that. Freddie, I've got to ask you, how on earth did you come up with Nevada as the top group of five team? And while he's doing that, I'm not gonna, I'm going to try to get that picture of the ring on on the screen here. So, yeah, hold on. There's there's a bit of a delay here, but um, any questions, teams? You're surprised to see? Well, uh, well I can't really say. Um, I can't really say. San Jose San Jose State's there, which uh, Five Points Vids has said has one of the worst college football stadiums out there. That's um, not great. <laughs> yeah. um, well, my biggest surprise is that a team from the American Athletic Conference or the Mountain West Conference. Wait. No, I take that back. Nevada is in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, but even still, uh, that's my biggest surprise, is that uh, uh, either UCF, Cincinnati, uh, Memphis, one of those three is usually the one that comes out of the a a a c right now. Those are the top three teams um, in arguably the best conference. They actually, in a lot of metrics, are better than the ACC or the or Pac-12, or in some cases, the Big 12. Um, so the whole uh, marketing campaign of Power 6 conference is actually true. Certainly. So I have the ring on the screen here, and my computer hasn't exploded yet. So oh, that's pretty impressive, you. Charles. Thank you, thank you. All right. Okay. Sorry, I just had to interject here because I was proud of my computer there. It, it's trying on this last episode. It's trying, um, but yeah, American Conference kind of cannibalizes this year. All right, so oh, uh, but has he predicted a champion? Oh no, he predicted it was Clemson, right? Clemson beats Florida. Correct. Uh, Clemson over Florida. Could he also um, just quickly mention his Super Bowl and I guess Grey Cup picks? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I at least like type it in there, and we'll. And we'll see, like, um, and any like, sort of explanation. If it's the Tennessee Titans, I'm sure Charles will be really happy and hopes the season actually happens. Um, I, I actually, you know, my surprise, another Freddie uh, surprise I have, Freddie, Rutgers is in a bowl game. They won six games. How is this I possible? I did see they got they got Greg Schiano back, so maybe it's a sleight of hand to him. They went back maybe. to they went back in time and got their original team back in the 1800s to play for them. Right. Exactly. Um, but like th- their their nickname is Buckers for a reason. They suck. <laughs> well, they have not always sucked. They have not always sucked. The uh, Buccaneers well, over the Ravens in Tampa Bay. Ooh, that's Oof. that's fascinating because that means that would be the first time that a team has been the home team. It's, Air quotes. And Tom Brady would solidify himself as the greatest quarterback of all time and Absolutely. would be a legend in Tampa for the rest of his life and will never leave Derek Jeter's home. <laughs> um, and then the BC Lions over the Hamilton Ticats in Regina. 
Um, <laughs> he'll, uh, what is it? Uh, he'll, what, what's that thing when you stay there for too long and, um, uh, in property law? Gosh darn it. Oh, uh, uh adverse possession. Adverse possession. That's what he's going to do. He's just going to hang out in Derek Jeter's house for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then just be like, Derek Jeter just show up and like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just, I'm living here Why now. Why now? <laughs> now, asshole? All right. Get another house. <laughs> um, sure, Boston fans would love it. And okay, that makes a little more sense now. That so, um, let me do a quick ex- explainer. So, um, hold on. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven by one, two, three, four, five. Wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, sometimes six is 42. Okay, so there are 42 bowl games, which means 84 teams that go to bowls, naturally. Um, if there are not 84 bowl-eligible teams, which is a team that at minimum went six and six, mm-hmm. then they start pulling from teams with the next highest record, which usually just ends up being five and seven. But they rank those teams based on APR, which is... Um, uh, I think it's academic performance rate. So basically uh, how well the players do in school. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so in so there's, Freddy's, a, there's probably a coach that like just missed out. It's like, you, you, you got to see, you got to see in history, dude. <laughs> well, you're not, uh, unless they're North Carolina, uh, then they don't have any problems. Oh, and then, and then we'll fired. <laughs> I can't, we can't attack Mississippi, but North Carolina, no mm. holds barred. Over there. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the state. I'm talking about the school. Oh, okay. Uh, UNC yeah. um, had a a huge scandal a few years ago um, where players were getting what they call paper classes, which is basically you do you do jack shit and you get an A. Um, so and they got like a little slap on the wrist. So now there's a running gag that if um, you know any team gets in any sort of trouble and they end up you know not getting any sort of punishment, they say, well, obviously the punishment is meant for insert lower team here. Uh, so like when it comes to North Carolina, they're going to say, oh well, NC State is is going to get the death penalty for a year. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so Rutgers apparently one of the top, he said that he needed 11 spots to fill out of those five and seven teams and that Rutgers was one of those 11. Unfortunately, uh, FIU was five and seven, did not make the APR cut, RIP in peace. Um, And then before I end, because I know we're getting to eight o'clock, let me see if I can find FAU because I know that's another alma mater. Uh, I don't see FAU. Okay, so uh, and then Miami goes to the Gator Bowl against Auburn, which is up in Jacksonville. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of a brief little rundown of a simulation of 1,500 freaking games. Wow. Bravo to you, <laughs> Freddie. Wow. That's dedication. Um, Freddie, do you sleep? 
<laughs> you, you just kind of dream in calculations and you see numbers in schools. You're like, oh, Alcorn State, four and like seven. <laughs> oh, and get this. So FAU goes three and nine. So, um, ah, Willie Taggart era. Yep. Oh, and, uh, you know, w- what's the result of the Shula Bowl? Do you remember that? Uh, FIU, FAU. And then also, USF goes two and ten. That's fantastic. Mm. So long as we beat them, I am happy, uh, supremely happy. And then Michigan goes four and eight. Yikes! Uh, Ooh. If, if Michigan do, ended up do, going do, four and eight, they do they fire? Do they fire Harbaugh? I would assume so. I don't think they're going to fire him, oh. but the flames that are emanating from his khakis will <laughs> will like be like a three alarm fire. Uh, be wearing blue jeans the next FAU year. wins the Shula Bowl despite going three and nine. Yikes! Hmm. Oh well. And uh, that's how FIU misses out on a bowl game. <laughs> where, where did Freddie have UCF going? Uh, that was the. Hold on, it's over here. Uh, military Bowl. Thank hmm. God. Okay, so at least UCF beats USF. Uh, that and them having a massive regression is all that I care about. All right. Uh, all right. So it's eight mm-hmm. o'clock now. You know what that means, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, we're. Well, let's call it. It's technically fifty-seven minutes in, but I don't have anything that will fill up three minutes for now. So let's. Uh, it's, it's a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you that we've been enjoying over the past week. Uh, despite the fact that, well, um, <laughs> we're, we're basically, uh, trying to find things to, to do within our homes. All right. So I haven't started in a while. I might as well start. And, <laughs> and I know it's a, it's a cop out. It's pretty cheap, but my, my non-sponsor is the Hiomeca Hio Cantina Mexican grill that i ordered from today on doordash <laughs> because it is cinco de mayo they um the food has been really good i've ordered from them like oh man uh, according to doordash they're one of my popular favorites <laughs> because i've ordered from them for so for for so many times uh for some reason when i order from them on uber eats everything goes to crap and i get the wrong order all the time so i'm no longer using uber eats for ordering from that specific restaurant i don't know what goes down over there when it's an uber eats person that goes in maybe they got some sort of vendetta against them they just like we're just gonna give them the wrong order every time or or maybe it's the uber eats people just can't read the little ticket there that says my name and all that stuff i'm going off on a tangent here uh and uh, i'm not saying that uber eats is a is an was an anti non-sponsor but and I keep messing up the messing up the name, but it's Hio Ch- Hochimex. There we go. I, I don't know why I keep putting an I in front of it. Cantina Grill uh, here in Hialeah. I hope it'll show up. I hope they have like a presence online. They probably do. Everybody does at this point. And yeah, I ordered from them a, a nice big fat burrito. Uh, I'm not one of the plebes that goes to Chipotle and just orders from them all the time and with the gigantic long shots lines. Fired. That, yeah, shots fired indeed. Gigantic long line. Plebes. I'd say that's why I say plebes. Plebes out there. This is we're 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 a podcast not for normies out here, alright? Uh, we 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 read 4chan. 
we read 4chan we know what it is um but yeah yeah they they've got great food everything i've ordered for them has been excellent even when they mess up my order i get somebody else's food i'm like this is pretty good <laughs> you know and, did I order this, before? <laughs> this is pretty good yeah exactly and i'm just like well they're, they're gonna give me my money back so i'll probably just order them tomorrow and get the real legit meal that i was supposed to get but uh, there it is. They got their shrimp tacos. Of course, if I eat one of those, I'll probably die. Uh, their mahi-mahi tacos. Oh, man, I probably should have gotten that. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, I, I keep ordering new things. The rice bowls are great. I've had the rice bowls. Fantastic. Uh, uh, their nachos are good. Everything's good. It's Mexican food. Of course it's good, right? Um, and uh, I haven't had any uh, bowel issues with them. So that's that's also a good sign. That's a good sign of... of <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, a good sign. <laughs> I would say it's a good sign, but I guess some people enjoy that part of the experience. But yeah, uh, Hochi Mex Cantina Grill and Hialeah, you're my non-sponsor. Um, uh, a promo code: uh, uh, no IBS. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Mind if I go next? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, wow, it's gonna be tough to top that. It, um, oh, I mean, it's hard to not top not having IBS, but sure. Right. Uh, so my non-sponsor of the week is Kent Bicycles. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, K E N T is in uh, Clark Kent or the University oh. Kent State. I was thinking of Jeff Kent, but sure. Or Jeff Kent. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I in so I had been swimming a ton um, prior to the whole quarantine and whatnot, uh, which was making me very sad when I had to stop going because they even closed down the pool of my apartment complex. Uh, so I I'm was like, well, what do I do? Uh, I don't like jogging or running. Um, I don't necessarily have the strongest joints in the world. Uh, so that's just very painful. Um, so then I remembered, oh yeah, a few years ago I bought a bike from my friend who was moving. Um, and it had been sitting in my porch gathering rust for God knows how long. Um, so I said, you know what, let me, uh, dig this thing out of the, uh, you know, pull this thing off the porch and, uh, start biking a little bit. Um, it is literally a pain in my ass because the seat is like sitting on a rock. Um, even though she did provide me with a cushion, it still is extremely painful to sit on the bike, but I have been getting my workouts in. Uh, I've hit a little bit of a plateau in my weight loss. So I moved to step two, uh, putting a little more effort into the exercise thing. So we'll see how it works. I've, gone three out of the last four days and I'm working on making it a, a daily sort of thing and the bicycle is made by Kent uh, promo code rusty bicycle okie dokie alrighty alright Charles you're up well gentlemen what I'm about to say <laughs> is going to be an indictment against everything Cinco de Mayo because my non-sponsor is not Mexican food is it French food it is a it is a kind of food. Is it a French food? I, I that would that would that would really go against the spirit of Cinco de Mayo. 
no, no. This this goes into the Cinco de Need, as they say. So the fifth of Need here. And when I say a need, I'm talking about it's been like five weeks since I had this kind of food because with this whole CEV situation, I don't know why. I don't know how it is in Miami. I don't know how it is nationwide. But in my lonely little town, because everything happened over in Wuhan in China, for some reason, all the Chinese food places closed. Well, on Sunday, boys, your boy was able to get a nice lunch combination at the hot walk for his general Tao, and it was just great. So my non-sponsor is just Chinese food. How I miss you. Why have you been away from me so long? I know I've been bad. I've been cheating on you with the Taco Bell and the Domino's. I put them all kind of non-sponsors, but you just had to come back and, like, let's talk it out because whether it's your sweet and spicy chicken, whether if it's General Tao, whether if it's just lo mein or chow mein or whatever kind of stuff that you like, the beef sticks or the beef sticks, whatever the hell you guys order, Mongolian beef, spare ribs, the rice. I don't care. I missed you. You know, you cleanse my mm. palate so well mm -hmm. you make me think about you i've been thinking about you the whole time i was driving around calling these places i'm like how the hell how the hell is popeyes still open during you know a pandemic when mm. i'm certain that they got twenty thousand diseases in their chickens <laughs> and i can't get myself a nice little orange chicken going on here how, how is that were oh, you low on supplies you don't call you don't tell me what's going on <laughs> wendy's ran out of beef <laughs> wendy's just yeah, ran out of beef maybe ran out of when he's run, I had I had them earlier today. Don't, let's, thank God they're back. But you know, you went, you got a haircut, you changed your style a little bit, and I was amazed to have you back in my life. It was like Paul McCartney singing in the background, "Baby, I'm amazed the way you held me all the time." I was so happy to have you, Chinese food. And I encourage all of you, even if you have your single de mile, the false day of, go ahead, have your burritos today. Go ahead, because boys. Chinese food might be back on the menu. It feels like Lord of the Rings was like, meat's back on the menu. Well, you know, Kung Pao Chicken's back, guys. We're about to enter the dragon. We're going to unleash the dragon if Chinese food's good. Or everything's going to spike up again, and then we're going to be out of Chinese food. And then I'll really be depressed. But Chinese food, whatever your preference is, I'm going to say that for all of us out there, thank you for coming back in my life on Sunday. You're my non-sponsor. Promo code Kung Pao. And before we move on, <laughs> yeah, uh, Freddie... Uh, gave us uh, his non-sponsors of the week. What what is it? I, I can't. I don't know why it's not showing up on this screen or the chat. But what is it? He has two actually. Just... He has homemade guacamole. Okay, homemade guac and full throttle, which I think is an energy drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that gets the heart going, but it's good. Um, so uh, his rationale: homemade guacamole made my dinner perfect. Uh, perfectly and only made my mouth lightly itchy <laughs> okay all right um and full throttle gets me up in the morning uh his promo code is inject me <laughs> just well, stick... maybe he's talking about the video game <laughs> Old school, right? stick it in my veins all right all right uh, so yeah we've got uh I forget what the hell the name of that restaurant is. Oh, Chimex. Uh, then you've got Kent Bicycles on my end, and you've got Chinese food for Charles um, and homemade guacamole and full throttle. All right. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Like spread of non-sponsors this week. Yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of food, but I guess if you were to make a story out of this, you wake up in the morning with some full throttle, get that energy going. Just pig out on a bunch of uh, 
of uh, just get, get a nice fat burrito for lunch, then uh, take a really long bike ride to work off that burrito in the afternoon, and then have some Chinese food for dinner. So there you go. Yeah, you and, mean makes we love the Chinese food <laughs> because you just don't have Chinese food. Okay. Well, if you're into um, that, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are. That's for sure. I have an idea for our next segment. All right. <laughs> what uh, what is it? Is there a full more cup? That would be fun. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness gracious! I got that. All right, let's do it. Uh, it's believe it or not, there are still crimes going on despite all the madness going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I, I can attest to that. <laughs> so let me let me give my standard disclaimer. Uh, I haven't had to do this in a while. Uh, standard disclaimer. Our segment regarding the Fulmer Cup is not officially endorsed by the Fulmer Cup and its committee. We are just providing the news of what's been going on in the world. Um, also of note, even though we are going to mention some crimes here, generally speaking, just on average when compared to the general population, college football players, well really college athletes on the whole, are significantly lower have a significantly lower uh, crime rate than the general population. So good on them. Yeah. It's only until they rake the NFL when they go crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, alrighty. So I forget where we left off. So I'm just going to do the two um, most recent ones. The, the reason we haven't been doing it for a while is because <laughs> it was really heavy. Yeah. There was, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to bring it up on air, but if you just guy, if you all go to reddit.com slash r slash the Fulmer Cup, and they Fulmer is and they have like F-U-L. a they do have a dedicated web page too, right? Exactly. Which I'm, I'm showing here. Um, so if you go there, uh, you'll see that it was a really yikes. There was a period of a few, a couple of months where it's like, what the hell is going on? Um, but anyway. Uh, two recent, uh, I'll just start with these two because these are the only ones I can remember. A uh, player from Mizzou, uh, University of Missouri. Rested the computer. Well, let me do the one that I do know off the top of my head because I came down the pipeline this morning. Uh, Okay, there we go. Uh, Mizzou defensive lineman Antar Thompson uh, Thompson, was arrested on suspicion of operating a motor vehicle in a careless and imprudent manner Mm -hmm. and resisting arrest slash detention slash stop by fleeing. Um, This happened last month, April 20th. So that was... One and then the other, UCF finally broke its streak of not having uh, any sort of arrests. Um, unfortunately, UCF defensive lineman Raymond Cutts was arrested by Orlando police uh, for uh, con- uh, carrying a concealed firearm and grand theft in the third degree. Now I don't know what what monetary limit uh, grand theft in the third degree is here in Florida uh, but that's generally a lesser penalty monetarily um, so yeah I mean pretty 
compared to how we were in January and February, uh, significantly fewer crimes going on, which mm. um, sort of makes sense uh, since people are not act- active and out and about. Uh, but you can never stop the Fulmer Cup train. Right. Okay. So we uh, finally man, have one of those. I, yeah, that's it for Fulmer Cup update. All right. Well. Uh, and I'll I'll keep my eye uh, eye on things. See uh, see any updates in the future. That's all right. So thank you, Andrew. And well, I'll just get some of these smaller ones out of the way as well. We I got a minor league team for y'all. So better know minor league team. I highlight one of the five billion. Minor league teams out there, they're like stars. There's just a bunch of them out there, and we're we're trying to cover them all, but we probably won't. We'll probably uh, uh, leave this realm and not have covered every single minor league team out there, especially when they keep relocating and expanding and contracting. So, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. Uh, but so my, uh, my minor league team today are the South Carolina Stingrays. If I can actually get this darn thing to refresh and show it up here on the screen if, if that that would really help that would really help here if if it would just do that for me computer really this is my last this is the last episode you're doing this and you're already all right you know what i'll i'll, I'll just i'll just talk about it all right so the south carolina stingrays they were established in 1993 and finally google is popping up here uh they are the this is uh, the ECHLs. They are the longest continuously operating ECHL team right now. And that means they not like longest established or older teams, older franchises, I would say. But they have remained in their original town, original city, the longest of any ECHL team currently. So they haven't relocated. They have remained in north charleston south carolina their entire history they've remained in the same arena that's uh that's they haven't done anything they've changed ownership and all that stuff and they they're still going they are still going so the south carolina stingrays have won three kelly cup championships in their franchise history they were once offered a spot in the american hockey league Around the late 90s, they had a chance of joining the American Hockey League, which is the highest level of minor league hockey, uh, one step away from the NHL. But they declined just to make their games more affordable for their fans. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's that's actually pretty noble for for doing that back in the day. Uh, Of course, that means also paying players cheaper and everything. But, of course, that all... Goes into it's easier for them to run an ECHL team than an AHL team. Uh, yeah. They're affiliated now with the Washington Capitals, and they've been affiliated with them since 2014. They used to be affiliated with them before that, uh, earlier on in the early 2000s. Uh, before, and they've also been the affiliation of the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, they're currently uh, the next level up for the. Uh, the AHL team are the Hershey Bears, and then after that, the Washington Capitals. Over 30 former Stingrays players have gone on to play in the NHL, and three of them have won the Stanley Cup. Rich Peverly with the Boston Bruins in 2011, and Braden Holpe and Philip Grubauer with the Capitals in 2018. Hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, you got a, a Vesna Trophy winner there too. So that's that's very significant. Uh, some trivia here about the Stingrays. Marcel Dion, another Hockey Hall of Famer, yeah. w- was once their president and CEO back in their early days in the late in the early nineties. Uh, he was he was acquitted of assault due to an issue with the old team president and his friend. And because Marcel Dion was trying to remove some advertising at the arena, and I guess they were, I don't know, there was some sort of squabble that happened, and uh, they, you know, pressed charges against them, but he got acquitted. So just a, it's just a, you know, good old-fashioned hockey spat, <laughs> I guess yeah. you would call that. Um, and then uh, a little Houston Astros in these guys, they were accused of circumventing the salary cap in 1997 after winning their Kelly Cup championship. So uh, what happened was they were um, accused of circumventing the ECHL salary cap by colluding with the city of North Charleston to funnel money through a city-run youth hockey program to provide payouts to the players. After two months of investigation by the ECHL, the the Stingrays were assessed a $50,000 fine, and their, um, their owner... Uh, or well, I guess their their president, really their team president, was suspended for six games. Uh, he was the coach as well uh, for ninety seven to 90, uh, the ninety seven ninety eight season, and then the IRS got involved and they said that there were no state or federal tax laws that were broken. Uh, but of course, the ECHL had to reevaluate all of their their salary cap measures and restrictions after that. So. Uh, I guess uh, somebody in North Charleston really wanted to win a Kelly Cup championship and trying to get the best players. So, you know, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's what's going on. But, of course, they won two more Kelly Cups after that uh, in 2001 and 2009. They currently play at the North Charleston Coliseum, which opened in 93 along with the team. Capacity of 10,537 for hockey also home to the charleston southern buccaneers basketball team college so there's uh uh, know your college team name trivia for you i actually knew of Charleston. gosh darn it andrew you are good (laughs) uh well let me let me explain the reason why i know of them all right uh in 2011 um my second ever ucf football game was us against charleston southern oh my goodness um it was the first game back from us winning our first bowl game which is the 2010 liberty bowl against georgia um and that was my first regular season game that i attended in person uh for ucf or really any sort of high level football and i'm not counting high school um mm-hmm that... So I, I know of them quite well. All right. So the North Charleston Coliseum, I love the uh, the nickname they have for it. Well, one of them is Hockey Harbor USA, which, of course, Charleston's on the coast of South Carolina. But the other one is Casa del Rey. And, of course, Rey is spelled R-A-Y for the Stingrays. So that's nice. that, that's a nice little nod there. Uh, and, and I guess to throw a bone to Charles, they have some wrestling history at the Coliseum. Uh, they've had several televised events, including Your House 8, Beware of Dog, a pay-per-view for the then-WWF, uh, WCW Uncensored in 1997, 
and WWE Raw in 2002, 2005, 6, 7, 13, and 15. So there you go. So that's uh, that's all I got. South Carolina Stingrays. There you go. Um, uh, Freddie came in. Um, he named a possible NFL minor league team uh, after a former ECH team, uh, Tallahassee Tiger Hawks, uh, Tiger Sharks. Oh, I like that. That's a nice throwback there. Of course, they played at the um, Leon County Civic Center where Florida State basketball plays. Indeed. Um, and actually, speaking of NFL, uh, Freddie gave us his predictions for the 2020 season, uh, which I sent over to the group chat. Uh, but I can just go down the list really quick if you so desire. Um, Freddie, I have a question for you. <clears throat> I'm no wait. Hold on. Let's see. And so hold on. So you have uh, yeah. So you have Tampa playing twenty games. Um, how does that work? Because I think that would require a team having to having to have gone through uh, the records I sent include right, uh, but I th- what the Patriots went almost went nineteen and zero correct in that un- semi that nearly undefeated season. Yes. So eighteen and one with Michelle. Well, where do they get that extra game then, Freddie? Because I mean, I, because I was going to say you included uh, the the seventeen games now in the NFL season, uh, but I see a lot of eight and eight teams, so I'm not sure how that seven teams per conference this year. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, He's got the Titans going thirteen and six, and repeating right, at the conference right. finals. So wait, who did who did Tampa finish behind? Seventeen and three Super Bowl champions. The New Orleans Saints are thirteen and four. So Tampa wins the Super Bowl. They win their division as well. They beat out the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers were about to get wrecked, according to him, this season. The New York Jets are going to get wrecked. That's always a fun sight to behold. Cleveland Browns are going to go eleven and six and make the make a, as a wild card. All right. Don't, uh, don't lie to us, Freddie. <laughs> don't lie to Cleveland. Don't uh, give them hope. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to go two and fourteen. That's going to be great for the NFL. Oh, empty seats in Vegas. If that would actually happen. Empty seats in Vegas. Empty oh. seats in Vegas. Derek Carr gets traded, even though it's probably not his fault. Yeah, the LA Rams go six and ten. And I just want to see what the LA Chargers would do, just to show the the shiny new houses for the NFL, and they'll they'll have empty seats. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the uh, Kansas City, Denver, and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers are eight and eight. So even then, they'll probably have empty seats because nobody wants to go see them, <laughs> or they'll have more opposing fans visiting them now that they can have them in a bigger venue. <laughs> And uh, hold on, Oregon, 
Organic Orange 37. Where is Iowa on that bowl chart? He wanted to know. Oh, Freddie, what? How, or, or Andrew, somebody who has the chart because I just switched it for the NFL. Freddie just uh, Dallas is the one seed. Okay, so yeah. Um, Iowa wasn't out there four and eight, to which Organic Orange 37 responds for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, one adjustment though. It had the Pats closer to five and eleven. Move the cards and Broncos down. So the Pats, okay. I'd have the Pats closer to five and eleven. All right. So according to this, the Bills would win their division. The Patriots would go three and thirteen. Which, let's see, the Jets are going two and fourteen, and I would assume they have the worst record, according to Freddie's prediction here. Now, would uh. Or, or, or no, the Las Vegas Raiders would also go two and fourteen. Now I'm looking at the scenario here. Uh, if the Jets are projected are, are are projected as the worst of the two teams and have the number one pick, would they just completely? Uh, and, and and assuming Trevor Lawrence is the de facto quarterback at number one, would the Jets just toss aside Sam Darnold for him? I would say so. I don't think so. You don't think they would? I think, I think they would bite and get a lineman, because it's always the thing that they'll do with Joe Douglas, like lineman or another wide receiver, because oh. you still have him under that rookie contract. Um, Trevor Lawrence itself, he didn't really play exceptionally well last year in college, from what I actually saw him playing in Clemson. Um, he hit he hit the burner, of course. I think he was a little bit injured, and then he got a little bit better. Mm. Um, but the idea is that why would you want to keep getting, you know, another quarterback every couple of years? If anything, you just fire Adam Gase, right? I'm just thinking now that the Arizona but Cardinals have done what they've done, I'm sure a lot of teams would, would just be like, you know what, well, let's just try again, you know? But you got to remember, the reason why they did what they did, aside from them knowing whether or not Josh Rosen is a myth, is just because, you know, the pimp Cliff Kingsbury – um, Fifty Shades of <laughs> Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> he had a particular style that required a um, system quarterback in that air raid offense, and mm. Josh Rosen wasn't really that guy, and they sold it on them. And I think the only reason why they kept on Rosen was because they were waiting to see what offer someone would get for the first round for their first pick, and it didn't come to it. I mean, I agree with Freddie in the idea that Jets keep Darnold, but Carr doesn't stay with Oakland or Mariota. Well, Mariota has that fully guaranteed contract. If anything, Derek Carr is going to go to New England, right? You know, because if Jared Sidham doesn't cut out, he's still going to be like, what, 30, I think? He might even be younger. And, you know, John Gruden's just going to pull this whole facade like he's been doing the last three years that he can <laughs> yeah. make anybody great. <laughs> yeah. He needs his quarterback. I totally have and this under control. Yeah, and there's going to be Bill Belichick, like, you know, drooling the way I looked at my Chinese food, saying, wait a second, you want to give me an above-average quarterback who's conservative and doesn't like to take shots down the field or throw picks? Give me that boy. Because Carr right now is 29. They have a bad year in Oakland. He'd be 30. That's prime. And these days and age for quarterbacks, you're good for, like, another five, six, seven years. Um, so, yeah. But, of course, they would screw up anyway. It's Oakland. Or it's Las Vegas. It's no longer Oakland. It's John Gruden. That's all we call him. It's the Las Vegas Grudens. Why are we even calling them the Raiders anymore? Mm, yeah. And oh, they so completely sold their soul to him, um, too. Here's an interesting question, then. 
so Freddie gave the number one pick to the Jets, and he believes that they're going to stick with Darnold, uh, which I think you guys alluded to as well. So I would assume that mean, and he also believes that the Raiders, uh, I don't think the Raiders stay with Carr or Mariota. So logic would dictate unless something majorly goes wrong that Trevor Lawrence would end up be, especially if they went, win the national championship, that he's going to be the number two pick. Unless, I don't know, the, Jet, uh, the Jets and Raiders said, I don't know why they would swap, but he thinks that um, Panay Sewell, uh, who's an offensive tackle at Oregon, would be picked by the uh, by the by the Jets in the first pick. What do you guys think? Um, I could see it. You know, the idea is that you're going to build around. They got Andrew Becton um, this year, or whatever his name, or Makai Becton. I don't know his first name, but Becton as their defensive tackle. The idea is that. They believe, or as their offensive tackle, they believe they have the quarterback of the future in Darnold. In that rookie year, he showed moxie. In that second year, he had mono. What this is year three. The idea is let's build the line. We'll have uh, Le'Veon Bell, and Michael Perrin, and now the newly signed, inconvenient, true Frank Gore, who's never going to die. You know, going at it. Um, build your guy, protect him. They'll probably just try to knock out some cap space elsewhere and draft some uh, other wideouts. And they'll go all in on Darnold and say, we gave you the ultimate protection. We gave you the receivers. We gave you the running back. And oh, by the way, we probably, they're going to probably trade Jamal Adams to get more additional first round picks, even though that would be very silly of them to do it, but it is a complete New York Jets thing. Um, It's the idea of you take the best player available versus a player of need, because if it's just a question mark versus being a player of need, um, I think I think you just take that player in need. Your quarterback mm-hmm. is not your player in need. It's just a question mark going into year, year three or four. I've always liked Darnold's potential, you know, coming out of USC into the bigs. I think the problem is it's just the Jets, and when they drafted him, they were very disorganized because they weren't even set. That first year he's drafted, I forgot the their coach. I'm sure Freddie could remind me right now. And then he gets fired at that year, and bam, in comes Adam Gase, which came to – no avail from the fanfare, from the media, from former Dolphins fans. Um, <laughs> the only person that liked Adam Gase getting hired was Adam Gase. And hat so manufacturers to cover that ugly ass head of his. <laughs> and that ugly ass head of his. So what happens is, is that if you fire Gase again, or you fire Gase this year, um, how could you not keep Darnold on the hopes that you just need to get the right guy to coach and capitalize? I mean, you need that consistency because. If Gase goes, probably also does go, uh, I think it's Joe Douglas now who's running the Jets' front office. Um, There's nothing wrong with taking a lineman in the first pick of the draft. Jake Long, despite the fact it made everybody go crazy because of all the other opportunities they had, was a pretty dominant offensive tackle. It's just the injuries finally got up to him. And the idea Mm. is that you can have that shiny toy of a first-round quarterback, and then if he constantly get injured or he doesn't – go up to play and they in the expectation the pick that he's in the draft then you missed out on all these other guys that kind of came in and there's a plethora i'll give you one right now currently mitch trubisky guy was what the second pick in the draft he got traded up for for the bears now he's not getting his fifth year contract picked up now he's you know going to be competing with nick Foles. 
question mark uh, pick versus a position of need. And was he a position need at that time? Maybe, but you could trade for somebody. You can go back in later rounds. We don't know. Especially all else fails. Let's think about this here. They could really just steal Andy Dalton when he goes back into free agency next year and have this whole veteran pushes rookie and let's just win now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's something interesting. Freddie just pointed me to a website called thedraftnetwork.com, which uh, makes its own mock drafts uh, and already has something going for 2021. Um, I don't know if it's randomized, but um, <clears throat> it says that Jacksonville is going to get the number one pick. Uh, they're going to go with Kyle Pitts as a tight end from Florida. Uh, Panay Sewell will be uh, going to Washington. Um, they're saying that Trevor Lawrence is going to be drafted by the Lions at seven. That makes sense. Which is yeah, interesting because um, let's see teams that are, that would be passing him up. Uh, Jacksonville, interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess they're going to stick with uh, Gardner Minshew. Uh, Washington, okay. Um, Bengals obviously are not going to be drafting a quarterback anytime soon. Uh, Carolina is going to pass on him for a linebacker. Uh, the Jets, again, they're going to probably stick with Darnold. Uh, Giants, they're not going to be picking up anyone because uh, of Daniel Jones. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like uh, – oh, so it is random. Lawrence fell to 11 one time I did it instead of shredding. Wow. Okay. Um, and according to this mock draft, the the Finns are going to get one, two. And the Dolphins still have, have a ton of picks for next year. Yeah, they're going to have back to back picks, eight and nine. Um, and again, this is like a total simulation. Uh, but it's also saying, I think it's going to say that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl unless they traded with someone because they're the 32nd pick. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. It's very interesting. Okay. All right. So let's see. Do I have uh, – well, I do have another – let's see. Let's try a player we remember to forget. So if I can actually find it on my screen here. Uh, there it is. Okay. So player remember to forget. Uh, much like Coco, we try and remember these players, or they will be forgotten for, forever. And I've, uh, I basically just went on hockey reference today and just went, all right, I don't recognize that guy's face, and so I just pulled this guy out of a hat. Bruce Affleck, not related to Ben Affleck, by the way. But uh, yeah, he was a. So <laughs> what? <laughs> What? So, you know, Ben Affleck was Bruce Wayne for the Batman movies. <laughs> or for, so I, I'm just capitalizing on this. I'm just, there's irony in this world that I like a lot. And I like that concept. Okay. It brings pleasure to my heart. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, Bruce Affleck. Uh, he's from a very Canadian sounding city called Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Um, that is a very Canadian sounding city. Yeah, uh, he was. Bear in mind, this is that's this is a country that has Medicine Hat, right? And Thunder Bay. Um, was it Moose Hat as well? Uh, what else is there? There's a bunch of one. Mississauga. That Moose sounds very Canadian. Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I was mis- mixing that with Medicine Hat. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, yeah, from Salmon Arm, British Columbia. He was drafted by the California Golden Seals way back when in 1974 in the second round, 21st overall. War number four, number 26, and number 32 in his career. Played 280 games, scored 14 goals, 66 assists for 80 points. Finished minus 82 on his career. And yeah. Uh, played for the St. Louis Blues primarily, then the Vancouver Canucks, and ended his career playing one single solitary game for the New York Islanders in 1983-84. And, well, after that, and currently, uh, well, after they became a color commentator for the St. Louis Blues TV crew, and he is currently the St. Louis Blues Vice President of Sales. So he's got a nice, big, giant, fat Stanley Cup ring at this moment. So uh, he's, uh, he's done well for, us, for himself in his uh, post-playing career. Uh, much better than his playing career was, to be honest. So that's Bruce Affleck there. All right. Uh, that's our player. That's all I got for that. And all right, so... hmm. Uh, Korean baseball, everybody, feel the yeah. feel the thunder or whatever their <laughs> whatever their slogan is. It's happening right now. They're well, they've already started baseball in Taiwan before that, but I guess not many people know about the Taiwanese or was it they call the Chinese Professional Baseball League. But yeah. more people know about the Korean baseball organization because uh, they've produced some Korean players here in Major League Baseball or in some of our MLB players have gone there to kind of resurrect their careers to come back here like uh, Eric Timms of the Brewers. So it's a higher, I guess you would say a higher level of uh, foreign baseball than, um, than the Taiwanese league. And so they had their regular season opener yesterday at the... Fantastic hour of 1 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> and I, well, 1.30 actually. Well, okay. Yes. Uh, they, they had a, they had a 30 minute rain delay. Yes. Obviously I was <laughs> up to watch it. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, um, so I was, uh, I was, I didn't realize that they were opening yesterday, but I was kind of perusing our, uh, our Russian channel <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, one of the Russian groups that we follow, was posting their the regular season opener. I'm like, oh, this is a thing that's happening. So I got to watch it. So uh, I guess some things about the Korean baseball organization I didn't know. They do have a limit to how many foreign-born players they can have on their roster. They have to have mostly Korean-born players on their team. And they only have three roster spots reserved for anybody outside of Korea to to play for them. I don't know why that rule is in place. Maybe just to have more Korean baseball players. Uh, well, the the CFL has a similar regulation. I think it comes down to. I mean, I know for the CFL, I think it's implied that. Uh, if they let all Americans in, there would be no place for Canadians because mm. generally speaking, Americans have better football players because they went through college and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming it's a similar rationale mm -hmm. um, 
in the KBO, CPBL. Uh, well, that's just that. the KBO. I don't know about the CPBL, but for the KBO, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I would assume that too uh, from your reasoning, Andrew. And uh, but the uh, the the interesting is the interesting thing is well, they some teams decided to I guess have pictures of their fans that they submitted wearing masks and just having giant banners laying across the the rows of the seats to make it look like the fans are there so that's an interesting little innovation that they've tried and i guess some sort of fan interactions like hey i'm in my season seat technically in a way um there's one team well all the teams they're they're not based on location unlike uh in other sports and other leagues and other places especially here they're all corporate based teams so they're all they all have they're all owned by a corporation out of korea so there is a samsung team there is a, a kia team there's uh they're, they're all named after uh it's it's the samsung blank and the, the kia blank uh so that's how they've uh they've got their their, their team so I remember I read SB Nation's article about it, and they're like, you know, you may not have any ties to this Korean city, but you probably might have a tie to their their corporation. So that could be a way for you to find a team to love or hate. And yeah, that's that's what's going down. And ESPN is broadcasting these games. Um, I don't know if I'll stay up tonight to watch a game. I, I, I'm trying not to stay up late anymore, just to have some semblance of normalcy and not go crazy. Well, to to I guess in in full disclosure, um, the commentators are not out in Korea. They're watching the game from their homes and then broadcasting. I'm, I'm uh, some on a little bit of a delay. I would assume they're in Los Angeles because. Uh, let's see well it'd be a 10 o'clock start over there not necessarily like um jeff passan who wasn't commentating but he he came on uh as a like a brief analyst um he lives on the east coast he said that he was up at 2 a.m wow um and so who knows where they live but you know they're wearing their you know espn polos they've got the the massive headsets on <laughs> there were some you know technical glitches like they lost sight they lost their video feed for a minute or so um you know they, another thing is they will talk over each other on occasion um, right because you know they can't they don't have instant feedback by being in the same room together um and then like i said there is some delay so you know, you'll see someone make a catch and maybe a half second or a half second to a second later, then they'll right. make the comment. Oh, and the catch. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see some live baseball. Yeah. Uh, actual human being baseball. Unlike what I've been doing for the past month with our simulation series, um, our next game is the Tampa Bay Rays visiting the Chicago White Sox. And I'm, I'll be simulating that on Home Run King. And I've, we're close to 4,000 views now. 
already uh last week it was three thousand we're close to four thousand now so and uh, we got a ton of japanese people watching us which i guess makes sense for baseball (laughs) i guess that makes sense so uh, thank you uh i don't how do you say thank you in in japanese Uh, charles uh, get your uh, is it is it uh domo regato because I, I guess, yeah. I guess so. I don't even think that's like me being like. I wouldn't say rest is discriminatory. Maybe like a weeb. Maybe being a weeaboo a little bit there. But um, or, or just, there, I got <laughs> I'm trying to like think back. Okay, which uh, subbed animes have I seen? <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. All right. God bless pop culture. <laughs> okay. But that is that is correct. Domo arigato translates right. to thanks a lot or thank you very okay, much. Okay, arigato to all our Japanese audience and I guess gracias to our Mexican audience if, if anybody's <laughs> watching us too. It's second of mile. Why not? Uh, all right. So that's just a shameless plug for that. Our score crawl has UFC matches that are going to happen uh, on the top left, and that's the only thing ESPN has up there on their crawl so that's there for some reason um if if i if they have kbo stuff i'll probably post that instead because i don't give a crap about the ufc uh maybe one of you guys does i'm not sure but um let's see uh, uh, what else is going on here we talked about dolphins uh andy dalton goes to the cowboys we haven't talked about that uh charles i, I oh, mean yeah. you had some some thoughts on it i got two i got two cents I got a two cent thought on it just because uh, my buddies in my other group chat were like, why would you do this? I'm like, why not? You had Cooper Rush as your backup. And God forbid something happens to this man named Dak Prescott that you're going to pay $30 million this year plus on, on your franchise tag. I would think you want some kind of consistency. And there's nothing better than a guy who's basically going to come onto your team to be cheap, rest his body because, you know, Dalton's been kind of injured for the last couple of years. And then essentially just kind of like get his opportunity to go back up there. Because if there's one thing the NFL loves, it's at least, you know, signing a proven veteran mm-hmm. to do something for their team. If they feel that they're just a, uh, you know, a good player away. Well, I know how I know because we just gave Ryan Tannehill a whole lot of money. Oh, yeah. Because he was that proven veteran looking to make a name for himself. And we got to a conference final. Will we go back there? Sorry, Fred. I understand that you're saying that we are. I don't think so, but yet I am that kind of fan who never uh, has that kind of confidence anyway. You know, it's just how it is with your boy um, doing things. But all that being said, it's a good thing. Let's not uh, poo-poo on things just because it's Andy Dalton. And yes, I understand that he had a lot of talent helping him out back in the days when he was in Cincy. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to know talent and talent and talent is there. So that's my two cents on Andy Dalton going to the cowboy land. All right. And Jerry's world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it. Arlington, the fantastic uh, triple sports complex that they've made out there with the, the two, well, with the, the baseball field, the new baseball field, Jerry World, and the baseball slash football field that they got there that no longer has a tenant. So uh, we'll see what goes down in Arlington. All right. Ugh, that, that new stadium is so freaking ugly. Oh yeah, it. I've seen now that it's basic. It's basically complete now, and they can basically add some finishing touches to it if they want to. But it is so far outside of uh, the usual older ballparks like the Coliseum and Tropicana Field. 
Um, well, let me let me explain my my reasoning here. I I'm a, I'm generally on the whole I'm a fan of the new retro classic stadiums. Um, you know, uh, Camden Yards, PNC, uh, Jacobs Field. You know, all those I think are beautiful. I you know it's it's a nice breath of fresh air from the uh, cookie cutters that you had in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Mm. Um, the pro and you know even like a newer stadium like uh, Target Field up in Minnesota. Um, you know they they have done it well. Uh, the problem is th- this has been a trend for 30 years now. So it's the uniqueness is starting to be overplayed a bit. Right. Um, and again, I, I, I love, I love the retro classics. It's, those are my favorite ballparks. It's just, it's become overdone. Well, the thing is the, the Rangers ballpark, it seems like they've tried to make a retro classic ballpark out of a retractable roof facility, which is hard to do. And their execution has been awful with it. It is yeah. an ugly building. It's not like, I don't know. I mean, well, uh, the Sky Dome is kind of like a cookie cutter retro retractable roof stadium, which they're going to renovate at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like an exception. But I mean, Seattle, Seattle looks good. They've 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 made it work. They do. Uh, Houston's made and it work. The, and the thing that I like about Seattle Stadium, uh, it, it took I I heard it all the time. But I never quite grasped it until I was playing. Uh, I, I was playing uh, MLB The Show and had a game up in uh, Seattle. Their retractable roof is different. Most retractable roofs are attached to the stadium. You know that quite well, having been to a million games at Marlins Park. There, Seattle's is different. It's not actually attached to the stadium. It essentially covers it like an umbrella it's it's got its own structural supports outside of the stadium and it just mm-hmm. tracks over it which is different which i think is kind of cool yeah it's unique uh houston's uh they've uh, it was a small area that they could do it but they found a way to make it work and it, it does it's unique their giant wall in left field is pretty unique and all that stuff but this place just it's and Arizona's kind of feels like a warehouse, but I mean they've kind of made it their own in a way. It's same thing with Miller Park, but this place is just like woof. I mean, there's nothing interesting in the outfield to look at. It's it's nothing interesting about it outside either. So it's just a giant warehouse that they built next to Jerry World. Um, and then the other thing, if you guys pull up a picture of the stadium, there is a big ass video board in dead center yep like and i'm i know like uh, miller park or um arizona or arizona they have one as well but it's way above the playing surface right Uh, the batter's eye if you will right on top of the batter's eye like how on earth is that not going to be distracting for hitters yeah, I mean, that's... Well, I mean, they had the same issue when Marlins Park opened, and they had the monstrosity in uh, in center field. But, well, that issue is gone now. But either way, yes. they replaced it with a giant white, you know, uh, area 
So I guess baseball's not too hung up about it. I'm sure they've done their work and whatever. Well, we'll see. If not, they'll just have to like black out half of it and only use the top half. Uh, I have no idea. But whatever. The Rangers, uh, gosh darn it. Gosh darn it, Texas. Ugh. All right. Well, we're, we're coming up on our, our last 10 minutes here. So uh, let's let's head on over to the cage. And I, I, Charles, before you start, I actually have... I kind of want to steer it a little bit because I kind of did some research for once. Steer away, steer away. But you do your disclaimer, or your your intro, whatever you call it. <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to the Cage with Charles, your weekly trueplex into the minds of a Vincent Kenny McMahon, into a Tony Khan, a Cody Rhodes, all things wrestling, basically on top of all this other stuff. Yes, they're still wrestling, even if we have this little pandemic going on. Now, disclaimer. Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a ballet. It is a story of men and women chasing championships. It is a story of blood feuds, of hatred, of friends becoming bitter enemies, rivals, and the thirst to prove yourself as the constant underdog. Now, all that being said, Francisco. It is essential, by the way. You want to be the driver. <laughs> it is essential, according to – is it essential to my attention span? I don't know. But is it essential <laughs> to help me fill out the 10 to 15 segments I have every Tuesday for the most part when we do sports goofs? Yes. All right. So uh, Pat McAfee, which I guess we can say is a friend of the show because uh, Andrew met him. <laughs> Pat McAfee is a goof, yes. <laughs> okay. We love Pat McAfee. All right. Uh, well, he's he's a treasure. As we all know, he is a treasure. He has his own show. And before WrestleMania started, he had a big giant list. And we never got to cover this. But his list of, oh my God, I this, his yeah. list of uh, I guess, his top wrestlers of all time. Somebody tried to make, like, the top three. And he was criticizing it because, like, you can't do a top three because there's different eras and different styles. And it's just it's basically the same argument people have with Jordan versus LeBron or or just comparing eras of, of different sports and different players. It's just like things were different. Things evolved. Things changed. So you can't compare one versus the other. You can do it in video games if you want to. And try and, and you can try and recreate it. Maybe some old hack would try and uh, do like that. Was it that, that? that The Rocky Balboa movie that came out before Creed. Where like Rocky's like fifty, yeah, Rocky Balboa is like fifty six years old, and he only went back to wrestling because a video game simulation showed that he would like lose to the current. Wait, did you just say Rocky Balboa went back to wrestling? Or not wrestling, but boxing. Technically, he did wrestle Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips. <laughs> That's Rocky true. III. So, so like, guys, it, it really is both the same. I yeah. I'll say that right now. All right. Well, it's a square circle. <laughs> There's announcers, people wearing trunks. All right. So, but thank you for the correction, Andrew. Boxing is sure as hell rigged. Um. Anyways. Uh, it derailed me now. Uh, so Pat McAfee has his list, and I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna get Charles's opinion, and see where we, where this goes. I, I remember the list. And, ooh, there's gonna be some scandalous words. All right. So he broke it down into five different ages, starting with the Golden Age, and the Golden Age has Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, and Dusty Rhodes as his three wrestlers of that era. Um, we'll, uh, we'll continue on here. New Generation was next with Ric Flair. Uh, uh, yeah, here we go. Macho Man Randy Savage and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. 
So that's uh, number two. Uh, three, the Attitude Era with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he kind of grouped them all together here. The Generation X as his, uh, his three. And then next was Ruthless Aggression, which he has John Cena. Uh, Evolution, as he's, he kind of put them all together. And then Kurt Angle as his uh, list there. And then finally, the modern era right now, he has Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, and Cody Rhodes. All right, Charles, I've, uh, I've, I've set the table for you. Okay, so there's a lot of things. Best wrestler of that era. You want to know what really hurts in anybody's rankings, whether it's Pat McAfee, who is a renowned punter for the Colts, now doing his own show and also, you know, a great affiliate to the NXT, and then Charles over here at Sports Goofs. Mm. Everything is going to be subjective. Right. And a lot of success that we like in wrestling is so subjective because some do dudes we like were never really pushed the right way by vince mcmahon push in the definition of the charles wrestling world is who basically is getting the support of the higher-ups creative the writers the big old man in the chair is saying that's the guy and if you're only given one person a view you're never gonna know the opportunity of how great somebody else who's in the mid card or lower card is gonna be you know cody rose is a very interesting name to me because as much as i respect cody on the whole spear of things i can't say that i know how great of a wrestler he is because he was very much limited in the wwe when he was there this was a guy who came in as a gimmick well not as a gimmick he ended as a gimmick really but he came in everybody knew he was dusty Rhodes' other kid he was in factions like legacy he was uh handsome cody rhodes with the mustache he was dashing cody rhodes with the mustache he was a lot of things then he became stardust because his brother's gold dust and vince didn't really pull the trigger on him he was supposed to be in the money bank didn't have it happen there allegedly he was supposed to win it then it goes to miss dow and all this other stuff comes in and then he leaves and goes to create his own name in ring of honor new japan and now he is headlining all the wrestling and company that he is you know big head honcho for and you know who know what great things are so like that's an example of saying mm. it's really what's to appease you because i don't like lists lists are very silly to me in mm. this world especially when we're talking about generations of wrestling because each thing is a different kind of look you have who's the best wrestling talent in the ring you have who's the best talker who's the best kind of everything for the crowd base who has the best quotability you know all give me a hell yeah just that line of goldberg you're next goldberg can't wrestle in the ring for nothing but when he was saying you're next bang his head against the wall in wcw it was hot trigger mm. um I respect what Pat McAfee is saying. I would agree with a good portion of the names he listed out. You know, I love me some Nature Boy Ric Flair. Ric Flair had that passion, that drive. He could cut a promo. I have sent you and Andrew promos of oh, Ric Flair yeah. from his NWA days. Just so crazy. And that's part of the problem with the, the list that he has is who is it tailored towards? Is it tailored? Because... WWE wasn't the only wrestling faction around. There was WCW, NWA, you know, North Wrestling Alliance, which was also the build of WCW. You have Ring of Honor. You have um, Impact, which was TNA. You have New Japan. You have um, now AEW. It, it, a lot of this list comes down to what it, what kind of you're at the buffet. What are you what are you tasting? 
what are you tasting for your wrestling going on? Because if you're just eating the pizza at the Chinese buffet, son, you might be missing out on some good, uh, you know, uh, lo mein going hmm. on here. Okay. But I'm going to kind of keep it to Pat, Pat McAfee. Well, you know, there's some people who are picky at a buffet, right? You have the opportunity to taste everything. God bless the internet. We can watch whatever we want, right? I, I think I've tried to send you guys a little bit differences of the New Japan wrestling versus um, the WWE American style. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, because when Francisco has the new one next week, her, the new hmm. gaming PC, yeah. we might actually get some YouTube clips that don't break. Yeah. But, but a lot of it comes into what you're exposed to. Um, but going to his list, and I won't break up necessarily to errors. I'll talk about the name, my two names I feel that are severely missing. Um, and I'm not going to say who shouldn't be on your list, but I'll just give my disagreement. And my disagreement is going to be, I feel that for like Cena, I, I like John Cena now at the very end because he's not around that much anymore, but he was just kind of forced in as being the face of the franchise a lot. So when that exposure, you know, when you're a 16 time champion, it's because someone booked you to win the championship 16 times and you would get a lot of mixed reactions from the crowd every time he comes in. I wouldn't necessarily even have him as the best performer or talent. I don't think he actually knew what his talent or craft was in the ring until he started wrestling great wrestlers. Like his matches with AJ Styles was fantastic in the Royal Rumble at SummerSlam. Um, anytime they had a multi-man match, him doing the triple threat at Backlash with Dean Ambrose as well was great. Um, so it's just what the people might be constantly exposed to John Cena, but there was guys like Daniel Bryan, Edge, you know, before his neck injury came out, uh, CM Punk's not even on that list. And, you know, CM Punk's whole gimmick when he was in the WWE was best in the world. But, you know, you're, you're going to expose. So I wouldn't necessarily have Lena Cena in that list of being best. Granted, oh. you know, the guy can move merchandise. He can cut a promo when he was inspired. Um, and, Later on, he had some good matches. But the two names that are not on that list that are kind of like, ah, you're really hurting people by not having them on a list of the greatest of all time is very simple. I'll get one out of way, Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, you know, Brett is a technician, the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, he basically helped make Shawn Michaels into that Mr. Showtime performer in that Iron Man match at WrestleMania. Uh, known for the Montreal Screwjob, did nothing in WWE. BCW because they didn't know how to book him, but he had the heart foundation. Brett's problem was he couldn't really do promos that well, but he was such a surgical technician in the ring. His matches with Razor Ramon were good. Hell, he had a good match with Diesel, Yokozuna, but Brett didn't fit that type in Vince McMahon. He was that transition era, so I, I guess they call it the new age, but Vince used to be in love with bald, sweaty men in hot tights. That's why Hulk Hogan, and you can have Hogan on list, and Hogan was mm. a four-move kind of guy. Punch, clothesline, body slam, big boot, and then atomic leg drop. But he can hulk you up. He could cut a promo. That's why it's so weird. What appeals to you? But Brett, to me, when he was a heel was good, especially when he was you know, going against Austin. Their match, I believe, was at Mania, when it ended up with the double turn, um, with Austin just bleeding, passing out, was just you know great. And then Brett just could really kind of put on a show with almost anybody. It's a shame WCW, he couldn't really get anything going, like going against Sting and, you know, Ric Flair part two, I guess, coming to that. But Brett, I felt as a performer, extremely underrated. And the other one, and this one speaks to me just because maybe my love of him reignited during WrestleMania weekend, but to not have The Undertaker on that list is kind of wrong. Mm. And the man, you know, when I was a seven-year-old boy, 
live in Polk County, I got two wrestling toys for my birthday. One was Stone Cold Steve Austin, the other one was The Undertaker. And you're talking about a guy who has longevity. Now, mind you, I still want Taker to be retired. I don't want him to get hurt. He still can't go. Even though I love the Boneyard match against AJ, which was like my favorite thing out of Mania, you know, you don't want to see Old Yeller go out there. But the thing that he was able to do with a character and a mystique that he had and keeping that character alive, not necessarily fresh, but something great for almost 30 years is really something. Mind you, it's partially how you're booked. He didn't really lose a lot. He doesn't really lose that much. If he loses, it's because he's going to give you the rub as the new guy. Mm. And he didn't really get into the championship form until like the mid-2000s or late-2000s because he only held the WF championship like a short amount of time uh, like one he took from Hogan and then because Ric Flair interfered, then he lost at this Tuesday at Texas. And then he won in like in 96 against Sid Justice or Sid Vicious, whatever they had Vicious's name as at that point at WrestleMania. Then he lost to Sean. I think it was the Hell in a Cell match or did he retain? And then he got it from Hogan and then came the American Badass, but then came Taker Reborn. But he was just put on shows. He helped make Batista, in my opinion. He helped solidify Edge. He created the streak or the whole idea that he was – he didn't create it, but he was so trusted to keep that WrestleMania streak of going 21-0 uh, basically until mm. he finally lost. That's says something. WrestleMania is supposed to be your, your pantheon of the gods. It's supposed to be the showcase of the morals. And he never really lost. The only time he lost was to Brock Lesnar to Roman Reigns. And he put on like – a string of four fantastic WrestleMania matches that ended Shawn Michaels' career because he had a good story. And then Triple H was the bookend, so it was like the end of the Attitude Era. So it's like very weird for me that whatever era you don't want to put in, you don't want Taker because when I think of who is truthfully the face of the franchise, it's always Taker. Every time you heard that gong go off, you're like, yeah. Every time you you know saw the Druids coming out with the little pyre, pyre in the fire and all that stuff, you're like, yeah. And every time you saw him try to even go for old school for a tombstone, you're like, yeah. The only time I was like, no, with Taker was when he was going against guys who couldn't go with him, just like a Goldberg in that horrible Saudi Arabia match. But then we get weird stuff like the Boneyard match that Andrew saw um, that I absolutely loved. So... That to me was I'm not gonna poo poo on anybody for not having it's your list. I'm I, you're a grown man. I'm not gonna tell you who should have, who shouldn't have. But I'm at that point of hypocrisy where I'm like, you really should have had Taker. You don't need you, you. You can't include like Triple H three damn times, man. You got him in DX. You got and he sucked in DX. I'm gonna say it right now. <laughs> DX was it wasn't cooler than NWO. All right, because the two people like because you have like two you have three ideas of DX. You had the original one, which was Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China, and Rick Rude. Rick went to go leave WCW and his neck broke and all this stuff. And Shawn's back finally went out. And then you had the newer iterations of it that had Triple H, China. X-Pac, who looks like who tries to hit on your mom when you're like teenagers. Uh, Sean Waltman, you're kind of creepy. Sorry, buddy. And then you had the New Age Outlaws, which was badass Billy Gunn and the road dog Jesse James. They were cool. That's fine. And then it kind of disintegrated. They joined the corporation. And then they came back when Shawn Michaels came back and had the two-man uh, DX. They tried to make, sh make it seem like the New Age Outlaws were there. And then you had Evolution, to which he was with Batista... Randy Orton, and then Ric Flair. And even though we like Evolution, it wasn't a constant thing because at some point they were supposed to break up anyway because the idea was to give the rub to both Batista and to Randy and then just help solidify um, H's group. Mind you, I like H more in Evolution than I did in uh, DX because he actually had the stable to kind of put some guys over. He feuded with each member in that faction. He went against Randy when Randy won the title from Chris Benoit, and then he took that title from him. He helped put over Batista because he, you know, Batista won the Royal Rumble and Batista beat a mania. And then he even feuded with Flair um, later on for an IC belt, and Ric Flair actually 
one. It wasn't the greatest match, but it was funny. And then it brings back some other stuff. Like, I, I like that more than him, like, betraying X-Pac and just, you know, uh, pedigree him or him being the hell out of Billy Gunn because Billy Gunn had an injury and he had to kayfabe them off and kick him out of DX. So, sorry, Pat. That's just my – I know H, you know – hey, look, H is great. I'm not going to go against him. But, um, you know, I'm not going to have him in two eras over mm. the taker, especially if you're talking about Ruthless Aggression, which is uh, evolution time, and then Attitude Era. I would rather have Taker than DX in there. Okay. Oh, by the way, I saw one episode of that big show, Netflix show. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tell me something. Don't you think Aces would be a better thing than the big show show? Mm. I'm just saying it right now. Uh, I'm waiting for that Jamfest screenplay, dude. Come on now. Jam, it's coming. It's coming. Maybe I'll do that in the quarantine. <laughs> okay. Peanut butter, jelly, and then everything in between. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything more? Let's close those. Uh, one thing to leave it on, Money in the Bank this uh, this Sunday. They finally announced the final entrance. Uh I, I, I won't talk about the regular matches. I'll just talk about this. We all knew I was kind of waiting to see who the final contestants were going to be because I wasn't super hyped about it. You know, whoever wins the contract gets the guaranteed title shot at any time to cash in. Well, now that they have the announced roster, I am very ready for it because for the women's money in the bank, it's going to be Nia Jax, Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Carmella. I mean, Shayna's probably going to win and then cash in on Becky at a different point. Whatever, they could do that. That's fine. But the men's money in the bank, because what you need for the expectation is that there's not a surefire winner. It could be anybody. So Apollo Crews had a fake injury to allow a certain man to come in. So right now it's Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Ryan, King Corbin, Otis, and now AJ Styles, who was basically buried by The Undertaker, is back in there, and he's fighting the briefcase. Now we have an idea of favorites. I still think Baron Corbin should win because when the crowd is back and he cashes in on Braun Strowman, that heat will be mega intense. But I can live with AJ getting it as well. I can also live with maybe, maybe, maybe Aleister Black doing it if they want to propel him straight to the main event. But what's going to be crazy about this, guys, is this was new to me, and I'll leave you on this one. Both Money in the Bank matches, the men's and the women, are going to be going on simultaneously, and it's going to start at the first lobby for the next three floors of the corporation building and then ending up at the roof with the ring and the briefcase. The ladder. Mm. So it's going to be men and women battling each other out so basically it's gonna be like that episode of the office where Dwight starts the fire and everybody freaks out i'm telling you right now this is i don't know if it's gonna be live or pre-recorded yet they say live i think that's gonna be a lie they need to make a sequence where someone gets thrown off the corporate building it has oh. to happen it needs to be done i need that kind of effect I need it. We've had crazy stuff like that before. Austin and The Rock, where, you know, The Rock knocks Austin into the lake. Please, please, please give me that crazy. So, like, take tiny little Rey Mysterio and just toss him off the building, AJ. <laughs> I would just, I would, I, the, the entire pay-per-view match can suck. I would love that. And I don't mm. hate Rey Mysterio, but I have this kind of thing about a 45-year-old man still stealing the main storylines. Come on, he's not stealing them. That's not fair because the problem is wrestling fans are fickle and we don't want to we don't want to support the new people that are being pushed to us, but we want to support the nostalgia, but yet we complain about the nostalgia. But um all in all, there's going to be a moment, guys, in the main event at the Money in the Bank match where it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Aleister Black looking at each other and I don't know if I'm going to be able to contain myself. I don't think my pants are expanded enough to <laughs> deal with that because that is a wrestling dream match that I, that is a technician that is the clinic that I would like to see. So I'll give you my two predictions of the briefcases, and I'll leave it at that. I think the sneaky pick to win, I'll give the sneaky pick to win for the Mets and who should win would be Baron Corbin. 
because the crowd hates him. So once, and here's the thing, you have a whole year to cash that briefcase. So let him win it. He's won it before and he failed to cash it in. So there's some history towards it being surgical when to cash in. But when the crowd, because I don't know if Roman's coming back anytime soon, it seems like Braun's going to have that title for a while. When the crowds are back, whenever they're back, imagine the reaction when the man they hate the most wins the championship. You live off that heat, guys. You live off of it. If he doesn't win it, then I would say AJ gets it. And then over in the women's, it really seemed like it's Shayna Baszler's game. But if I had to pick a sneaky, if I had to pick a itty-bitty sneaky, I would say it's probably going to be Lacey Evans. And that's what I got for you in the cage. All right. Uh, Andrew, in our real MVP? Absolutely. Our real MVPs uh, of this week and every week, really, every day, uh, is the men and women on the front lines during this response, uh, CV response. I'm trying to not get, get us to monetize on YouTube. Um, uh, first responders, police, fire, healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, uh, people working in grocery stores, restaurants, anyone who's out there helping keep some semblance of normalcy in our society and helping people who are sick. Uh, you deserve our eternal thanks uh, for for not just now, but always. And those are our continual uh, real MVPs. Yep. So thank you, everybody. I don't have any sports real MVPs for this week. Don't know if anybody else has, but... Uh, if that's the case, then we'll we'll move on, and then we'll uh, we'll thank you guys for for watching, for listening in. Uh, this is a another long episode that we've done. And I'm always surprised that we make it this far, even with uh, some things not with, with with less stuff happening. But at the same time, we have stuff to talk about. So uh, thank you guys for for helping with with this, and, and uh, Freddie for contributing today as well. And that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. a few other viewers today. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget your names. I apologize. Uh, one one of them was one of them was Orange something. And we uh, Rare there it is. That's it. All right. Okay. So thank you to you all and everyone who tuned in to watch us. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll you know share it along the way to every single platform imaginable. We cast the widest of nets here <laughs> to, to gain those views. All right. So thank you. And we'll see you guys next week, hopefully with a brand new computer that'll have this at 1080p at 60 frames per second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thirty-two. Not a bad effort by the return team. Medium gainers are nice. Big gainers are what you shoot for out there. He's probably a little disappointed with himself. He faced.